every one of us has a story to share that can transform the life of someone else. And today I have on the show Jasmine Haley. She is a nationally awarded speaker, author, educator, and podcaster who is dedicated to helping audiences understand that the time is now if they want to make an impact and serve their communities from the heart. Her inclusive message in burnout, becoming legacy driven, and how to create presentations that reach the heart have impacted the lives of her audience members and transformed the professionals she has coached to business growth and successful speaking careers. On today's show, we are talking transforming lives from the stage. So please help me welcome Jasmine Haley. Jasmine, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited for us to chat all about your speaking and using the power of your voice. But I'd like to start off by asking, what did eight-year-old Jasmine want to be when she grew up? Ooh, eight-year-old Jasmine wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a teacher. And I loved loved everything about learning and being in school. And often my sister would joke and say, if... Jasmine could have been a professional student. I would have. It's just like, oh, let me get that degree and that degree. Oh, that sounds interesting. Let me do that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's funny because now you're kind of like educating in a way, maybe not in the traditional sense of a a teacher, an elementary or middle school teacher, but now you've gone down the path where you're a speaker and a coach and an author. So tell us how you got there from wanting to be a teacher to now speaker. Yeah, it's a wild journey because at that point in time, it was probably getting closer to middle school. My teeth were severely crowded. They were too large for my mouth. My mom didn't have the circumstances to get any preventative measures such as braces. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was always teased about my teeth and it made me very self-conscious and I would keep them extra clean to make sure they looked great. And that's what... I decided at that, like around 13, I was like, I'm going to become an orthodontist because I want to help people have beautiful smiles and not have to deal with what I dealt with. So I wanted to go straight into dentistry, wind up going to a specialized high school in New York City that had dental assisting, wind up leaving there and deciding to go to college. I was the first and only that attempted in my group of siblings. So there's six of us all together. I'm number five. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go towards uh, becoming a dental hygienist first and then work my way up into becoming a dentist. I wound up falling in love and starting a family. So that stopped the track of going towards dentistry. But I decided to take my time as a dental hygienist to focus on serving public health and serving persons living with HIV and dealing with substance use disorder. That became my expertise and I eventually became an academic instructor. I started teaching full-time at a college and what I didn't realize was that I had unhealed trauma that I had not ever addressed. It wasn't something that was normal and I wound up working in a very toxic work environment. So we coupled that into unhealed trauma and a toxic work environment it began to manifest in my body because of the chronic stress. I had lost my mother in death unexpectedly. She just passed away very quickly and I was burnt out. I was burnt out from that work environment. I had recent, like a lot of hospitalizations, um, 
in the ER, urgent care, all of those things. And I finally decided that I wasn't going to dishonor my mother's legacy anymore. I was going to create the legacy that I have right now. And I decided to leave my job and start my business in 2016. And when I decided to start it, there, all I could do was teach. That was it. I was like, okay, I could be a speaker and I can host events. Why? Because I had uh, volunteered in a nonprofit organization and saw what speakers were getting paid. Now, none of them looked like me. None of them were brown. But I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. Okay. <laughs> so I wind up leaving and started my business, started speaking, hosting events. And then I got to a place in four years of getting that successful and decided to pivot and do the work that I do now. So I'm on a mission to help other uh, professionals, other experts, other leaders get to a place where they can utilize their most powerful asset, which is their voice, and also monetize that, get to a place where they can make an impact, but also create reoccurring income. So that is everything in a short, <laughs> in a short little stint of what my journey has been like. Wow. So let's back up. It took you going through like a burnout to be able to say, okay, this is enough. I'm in the hospital. Was it like when you were in the hospital when you were like enough? No. So it was a year after my mother passed away. I actually talk about this in my keynote, October 19, 2014. I know the date because when my family and I went out to have dinner to celebrate my anniversary, it was also the year anniversary of my mother's death. And we took a pretty beautiful picture, perfect picture with me and my two girls and my husband. That's what was posted online. But what people didn't know is by the time I got home, I suffered debilitating pain so bad that I couldn't stand. I was on the floor of my bathroom and I called out to my husband who was busy with my youngest and my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter walked in. She was five, four or five years old. She walked in and the look of horror on her face said, something's got to change. Mm. And it wasn't until two years after my mother's death that I have the courage to leave that job. I think what, what most of us are afraid of is when we go out and we reach for our goals, there is a huge amount of risk that we take, right? And I knew that I could have stayed at this job, had a retirement. My kids could have gone to school there if I desired. And it was a loss of that stability. We were a two income household and I had to get to a place of saying, why did my mother do all the sacrifices that she made as a single parent? Why am I wasting my life away? This is a choice that I'm making right now. I don't have to stay here. And even though it would be difficult for me to find another teaching position with that area of expertise where I was living, there's a way, there's a way that I can make it. I didn't know what that way was going to be. I just knew that I needed to choose myself. Mm. So it took me uh, almost two years after that incident to start doing the inner work necessary to make and, and gain the courage to go out and create something new for my life. I, I feel all of that because I recently, um, put in my notice and like my this is my last week at work because I've been going back and forth with it for the past I would say like nearly 10 years since I when I first started my wedding and event planning business I don't do weddings anymore but just knowing that I needed to really like jump and step out on faith and 
I had to be in agreement with my husband. He wasn't really in agreement with it at first because he doesn't come from like the entrepreneurial background, like with, you know, his family members. I do, so I understand it better. And, you know, for him, it was like, no, there's stability here while you grow your business. But I knew that God wanted me to like jump. And so all of these years later, I finally have jumped off the boat and I'm going hard on everything else that I have on my plate. So I understand that totally. That resonates with me. That resonates with me because my husband had a hard time. So I want to just give a quick tip for those who have partners. Mm -hmm. When you are in a place where you have a vision, a lot of times your closest people around you will not understand it. They will not. So you have got to figure out what will best communicate their biggest fear, especially if you're in a partnership. And for me, it was showing my husband the checks. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, all right, I got to stop playing. I got to make some money up in here, okay? Yeah. And when I, he saw that I was making what I made in one month and one speaking gig, he was like, when are you going next? Right? It was like, okay, what do I need to do? Watch the Okay, cool, no problem. So I think when for our people that are in partnerships or have uh, a family that, that they are responsible for, you do have to create a plan. You do have to create something to help communicate and have a contingency plan to say, hey, this is how I'm gonna help support or this is what you can expect. We can't expect to do that and not expect them to have some sort of worry. So communication for them is really important. And I think that's what helped was I had to learn how to do that for my husband, um, especially since he is the, I don't know if you've heard of disc assessment, but he's that S, that's that steady S. Like, don't rock the boat too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally understand that. So then what was your plan? Did you kind of like have the plan in your head for a little while? And you just kind of like gradually, you know, I don't know if you wrote something out, if you guys sat down, like, how did you decide? Did you have the gig already, the speaking gig first? And you're like, okay, let me do this. How did you make your plan? I didn't have a plan, which I don't recommend, Okay. <laughs> That's what I had. I'll tell everyone that. <laughs> I'm telling you, you everything. Right, exactly. I'm telling y'all everything that y'all supposed to hear, okay? Because I did not. Um, I seriously was like, what am I gonna do? I wind up telling I I wind up telling people in my network what I was doing and that I was leaving. And immediately, I'm telling you, like maybe a, a month or two after deciding to do that, I got an educational consulting position. So I started consulting at a uh, university in a nearby area. Mm. I took an adjunct faculty position to kind of give me a little bit of cushion. So I was still utilizing my my skills, but I didn't have to, I wasn't full-time anywhere. It gave me a little bit of breathing room. So I think that when it comes to starting a business, for those of us who, a lot of us, we don't have the capital, but we do have the time, right? Yeah. Some of us, we may have the capital and God bless you. That's wonderful. I didn't do that. I had to bootstrap. So I think there's really important for people who look at other business owners who have multi six-figure businesses and hire to see that we did what we could to make it happen. And that meant that I didn't always have the money, but I used my own resources. I used YouTube. I learned what I needed to learn. And then I would supplement and use whatever I had. If I had to take a temp position and and work as a dental hygienist for a day, 
for an extra $400. That's what I would do to keep things running and going until it started to pick up enough where I can get to a place where I was making enough money. So when it came to speaking, I wasn't speaking right off the bat. You know, one of the things that you have to understand with speaking is that I had, I used my network. I got my first gig in 2015. I didn't start my business until 2016, but no one knew who I was. So I had to spend a lot of time working on my visibility, making my brand undeniable, right? And getting to a place where I was being seen everywhere. And so that, mean, that meant that I had to show up at conferences, network, blog, podcasts, let people know that I exist. Then when I would speak, I would blow them away, right? I came correct, always. And that's where people started saying my names in rooms that I wasn't in. Mm -hmm. And that's our main focus, whether you have a speaking business or not. That's what you need people to be doing if you own a business. So visibility part is such an essential part of that. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And so then you started speaking and um, I think a couple of the things was like burnout and then legacy were like your main topics. Is that right? So burnout and legacy is what I speak on now. But what I what I what I decided to do at that point in time when I first started speaking was I thought that I was going to speak on trends. And what happens is when you speak on a topic that really isn't what lights your fire, people are going to feel that and it didn't last. So I went back to what my area of expertise was, which was working with persons living with HIV, dealing with substance use disorder. And I spoke about diversity in relation to the work that I was doing with persons living with HIV. That was my area of expertise. So my encouragement to all of you is like when you're thinking about picking up speaking and going out there and actually having it as a reoccurring income in your business or brand, you first have to get really clear on what is your area of expertise? How can you combine them all together? How can you create a signature talk that you can rinse and repeat over and over again? And that's often a critical missing piece for most speakers because a lot of times they'll, someone says, hey, can you speak on agriculture? Yep, I'll do that. Hey, can you speak on uh, Twitter and Instagram? Yep, I can do that. Like we're just, ready and just eager to get in front of all these stages and not really solidify what our thought leadership and expertise is in. So when I was in healthcare, that was my area of expertise. Now that my consulting firm is now working outside of healthcare, now my my topics focus in on my story of burnout, but most importantly, how to be an effective communicator, how to increase your presentation skills to a point where you're reaching the hearts of your audience. Okay, so then that leads me into the heart methodology that you have. Tell me yeah. about that. Yeah, so I realized when I was speaking that it was difficult coming into a place where no one looked like me, mm -hmm. okay? And no one was a person of color. And I was talking about very difficult topics. So mm -hmm. I would be like in Kansas and Nebraska and like all these places like... I didn't even know existed because when you when you are born and raised in New York City, no other place exists <laughs> but New York City. <laughs> I understand because my family's from there. My siblings were raised. Uh, many of my siblings were raised there. I'm the youngest though, so I was raised in North Carolina. But I, I understand the whole New York. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So like when I came into places, I was like, oh my gosh, right? But they were great, and so I would come in with these really difficult topics. And people would leave my programs. They would be crying. They would be hugging me. They would, 
they would be embracing embracing my message and i what i come to find out was how was it that i was able to use these difficult topics and still reach their heart none of them knew what it was like to live my life none of them knew what it was like to even live the lives of the of the stories that i was particularly sharing but i connected with their humanity and that is the missing piece i would go to places and i would hear people speak and i would be like what's on my laundry list for today uh let me check facebook what, what are they doing there everyone has been there everyone has been to a place where they're like what in the world is going on they don't feel connected to the speaker and so I realized when people will come up to me and say, Jasmine, oh my gosh. Now I had haters. I had some haters. Mm -hmm. But the good ones that came up and were like, you've touched my heart. You have encouraged me to go out there and speak. I still see those same people speaking today yeah. just because they heard my story, just because they saw me get visible. That is the same sort of impact I want other people to feel. And so the heart methodology was created so that people can stop getting convoluted with all of the details and really focus in on one, telling a story, really keeping the focus in on how do we reach the place of transformation? Because anybody can speak, but not everybody can transform. I often quote, I say that, um, and I've been saying that for years. And when we find a way to impact people in a really meaningful way, our businesses skyrocket, our brand skyrocket, our sales skyrocket, like it gets to a place where we can really grow what we desire. That's good. So how did you finally decide to um, find, like, how did you niche down? Did you have to write like your whole story out and kind of figure out like what would touch the hearts of others? Yeah. So when I construct, whenever I construct a, a talk, mm -hmm. I think about, okay, what's my end game goal? So if you, Shalane, was going out there and speaking about event planning, what is it that you want them to understand about the event planning? Is it just putting all things together and giving the event, or is there something more meaningful to that? Mm -hmm. And of course, you're going to say something more meaningful because you've done it for you know several years, even though you're not doing it right, right now. But what, from your history and journey, could you share? What story could you share from that experience that will help someone connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Because if some people, even when I was in healthcare provider, if, if I could tell you right now, you would be susceptible to X, Y, and Z disease, right? It would mean nothing to you if you can't visibly see within your mind's eye that it personally affects you. Right. That's the same concept when we're speaking. If people can't see themselves in it, if they can't see their loved ones in what you're sharing, it doesn't affect them. There was a study done by, uh, I think it's the Harvard Business Review, and please forgive me, because I don't know, because like it, I think it's Harvard Business Review, but what they were talking about was when uh, speakers on stage and they're able to share a story effectively, that the wave patterns of the audience members were mimicking the speakers. That's how powerful mm -hmm. it wow. is. So when we show up on podcasts, when we show up, when we show up on um, anywhere where we're, where we're yeah. speaking on a stage, we can impact people that deeply with not even have meeting them. And just that visual that I just shared with you help you connect the dots, right? Yeah. So it's the same concept whenever we're speaking is looking at how can I reach the hearts of our audience? 
And when you're not able to, then you're not able to grow that trust, like, and no factor. For those who are business owners, you need that desperately for someone to pull out that credit card and spend money on the services that you provide or services or product that you provide. Yeah, it's sales. You know, I, I remember when I was in college working at the guest store and they would teach us, they, they would say, hey, like, you know, when someone comes in the store, find something that you like about them to start a conversation, whether it's like their necklace or their hair. And I mean, that was how you sold it. <laughs> like, oh, I love your hair. Like, are you going somewhere this weekend? This dress over here would be so cute <laughs> on you, you know? So mm -hmm. I get that connecting to them. Yes, yes, yes. And, but it has, to, it has to connect with us too. Right, right, right. Like, I mean, the difference is between a sales floor, you can get away with that. You can't get away with that so much on the stage. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. like, man, this person's a buster, right? <laughs> So you've got to feel something too. It's got to evoke emotion mm. within you as well in order for your audience to connect. And you're not going to reach everyone, but right. if you can get majority of people, you've done a good job. Yeah. And so you also have a program, right? Where you, you coach speakers. So tell us about your program. Yeah. So I have, I work with clients one-on-one. -on -one. I work with them in a group setting. We have a speaker retreat that we host as well. And I have a small agency where we actually build out the assets. So the work that I do with my clients is focused in on the heart methodology. Some people need one-on-one -on -one time. They don't want to share space, right? They just want to focus and be able to get vulnerable or, or they may be in a group and they need their time to, to, to put together their speaking business and to put together their topic. And so we serve clients depending on what stage that they're in. The premise of it though, is to get them to a place where they're building confidence in their speaking. They understand their God-given purpose. They understand that there's never gonna be perfection. They need to get out there and share their message. And then we help them curate the business foundation to one support speaking, but also support making reoccurring income in it. Like it shouldn't be 15K speaking fees for just those people. No, we need to be able to tap in that as well. And then how to create that visibility plan where you can get visible and share your services. So the work I do is really meaningful. I'm, I'm very, very grateful to be able to support speakers and, and other professionals that are out there that want to go out there and share their voice. Yeah. So what is your, your target client? So like, is there a particular, is it a woman or a particular topic that they discuss that, you know, is best to work with you? That's a great question. Um, I work with mostly women and a few brave men that come in like every once in a while. <laughs> it's mostly women. Um, but I will, I will say that all of them come from all different walks of life. I yeah. mean, I have had lawyers, I've had people who are in the dental world, I've had people who are chefs. I have people who are from public relations. The commonality between them all was that they want to go out there and share their message mm -hmm. and they want to feel confident about sharing their message. And they understand the importance of speaking. But a lot of times when people speak, they're not too quite sure on how to make an impact with their yeah. speaking and how to create topics that make sense to their business, align with their business offerings, where every time they speak, they would be building more towards the goals that they want to reach. So my clients come from all different walks of life, but the, the main thing is they want to go out there and start sharing their message and maybe 
They've been sitting on the sidelines for too long and watching everybody else do it. Mm -hmm. And it's time for them now to honor their legacy. I love that. Yes, use the power of your voice. I love it. So finally, Jasmine, leave us with your favorite quote or your life mantra. All right, y'all ready? Yes. <laughs> this is from the amazing, one of the best inspirational speakers out there, Les Brown. And this quote was what I read after that October 19th, 2014 incident. The graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here that you will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take that first step, keep with the problem, or determined to carry out their dream. And I'm going to insert here the stages that were never stood on. Mm. When I read this quote, that was enough for me to realize I was wasting my life. And we know right now that life is futile. We don't know when our time is up. Mm -mm. So I ask each of you, if you know that you want to get out there and speak, you know you want to get more visible and share what it is that you have to do. If you were sitting on your deathbed right now, would you regret not pursuing it? And if your answer is yes, you know what you need to do. Yep. Absolutely. That's why I said I jumped. You just have to jump. Sometimes you don't have to have the plan. God has already written the plan for you. You just have to abide by his plan. So yes, yes. love it. Thank you so much, Jasmine. I appreciate you coming on and sharing how to use the power of your voice. And I am looking forward to just seeing more of you. And hopefully one day I'll see you on a stage somewhere. Maybe I'm at a conference yes. you're speaking at. I don't know. So we'll see. Yes. Or I'll be sitting in the audience watching you speak, sharing your phenomenal story. <laughs> yes. I love that too. Thanks Thank for having so me. Much.